What if your emotional health, your well-being, your feeling seen, feeling heard, feeling valued is 100% up to you? It's not your partner's job. Your partner's only job is to be there for you to love. Welcome to Is This All There Is, the podcast for high-achieving women who have checked all the boxes and are left feeling overwhelmed, unfulfilled, and stuck. I'm your host, Dr. Amanda Ryan Fear, and in each episode, we'll use principles of cognitive psychology, feminist theory, and expert mindset coaching to help you build the confidence and clarity you need to accomplish whatever it is you want, even if you don't yet know what that is. Hey, everybody. How is it going? Welcome to Is This All There Is? episode number 11. So last week's episode was all about procrastination. And the funny thing is I'm totally late getting this podcast to my podcast producer because I've been procrastinating. So I had an amazing weekend. I got to present a few workshops at the Another Mother Runner Portland retreat. And it's been really fun to see their business grow and evolve. It started 12 years ago. And it was started by a friend of mine that I used to do crew with here in Portland. And she has always been a runner and is a mother. And she and another mother runner created this resource for people who identify as women, as moms, as runners, whatever form that takes. And it started, I believe, as a blog and maybe it didn't start as a blog. Maybe it started as, um, actually, I think it started as a column in Runner's World magazine. That's neither here nor there. But they've written books. They've created training plans. They have an amazing podcast and have quite a following. So it was super fun to join them for the workshop this weekend. Hello, my Bammer friends, badass mother runners. If you're listening to this, I had so much fun with you. But anyway, it was a really busy weekend. And then on Sunday, can't remember what we did, but we did something. And usually I record my podcasts either on Friday or over the weekend. But since I was doing these workshops, that was pretty much consuming all of my time and energy. And then today... I sat down to record it and had like five coughing attacks and then suddenly realized it was time for a client phone call. So anyway, here I am after procrastinating recording this. So having a human brain is hard. I hope you're offering yourself some compassion because humaning is messy. Anyway, I digress. Today is all about relationships. It's all about other people. And there seem to be themes that run through the weeks with my private coaching clients, where even though each one comes to me with something different that they want coaching on that week, sometimes there there are similarities with what they want. And last week's theme that continued on into the Another Mother Runner workshops was, how do I control my partner? How do I get my partner to do what I want them to do? or to stop doing something that I don't want them to do. And so I thought, you know, this has been enough of a theme and it keeps coming up. I should talk about it on the podcast. So here I am. Today, I'm going to give you the secret to controlling other people. Well, not really, because 
spoiler alert, we can't actually control other people as much as I know you want to. It would be, life would be so much easier if you could control your boss and what they think. If you could control your, your coworkers and what they think. If you could control your kids, make them do what you want them to do and not do what you don't want them to do. And above all else, if we're in a partnered relationship, if we could control our partners, life would be so much easier. But unfortunately, we can't. All we can do is control our thoughts about them. Because if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know it's not our circumstances that cause our feelings. It's not what happens to us or what other people do or don't do that causes us to feel a certain way. It is our thoughts about it. So the first concept I want to teach you today is the difference between emotional adulthood and emotional childhood. Now, emotional adulthood and childhood actually have nothing to do with your age. Probably about 90% of the human population is in emotional childhood, regardless of their age. When we're in emotional childhood, we think that other people cause our emotions. So what I mean by that is your partner does something and you feel anger. And you think your partner caused this anger. Your partner made you angry. And in fact, our language points to this, where we say things like, when you forgot to unload the dishwasher, it made me angry. Or when that person cut me off in traffic, it made me angry. Or that thing you said to me made me really sad. And we think this is evolved communication, right? Because at least we're talking about how another person impacted us. But really, another person cannot physically make you feel an emotion. Only your thoughts about what that other person did cause you to feel that emotion. We know that because in homes all across the country, there are partners forgetting to empty the dishwasher. And in some homes, that makes people really angry. And in other homes, they don't care. And in yet other homes, it's amazing when the partner doesn't remember to empty the dishwasher because then you get to do it yourself. So same circumstance, a wide variety of interpretations and a wide variety of feelings. It's not what another person does or doesn't do that causes our feelings. It's our thoughts about what they did or didn't do. And so the converse of emotional childhood, where we think that everybody else causes our feelings, the opposite of that is emotional adulthood. So emotional adulthood is where I want you to be because it's such a better place to be. It gives you your power back. What I mean when I talk about emotional adulthood is you realize that you're responsible for your own emotions. Nobody else is responsible for your emotions but you. And this is where some of you will start to heap criticism upon yourself. Like, if I'm always feeling a negative way and it's my fault, then I need to do better. But it's not to make yourself more self-critical. It's not another reason to beat yourself up. 
all of your power is in realizing that you get to control your emotions. It's your thoughts that create your emotions. So when we're thinking about our relationship with other people, this is really powerful. Relationships are simply our thoughts about another person. You might have a friend you love dearly and someone else might not like her at all. And why is that? It's not because your friend behaves differently around different people. Your friend hasn't changed. The other person has a different experience of your friend because the other person thinks different thoughts. That person's relationship with your friend depends on that person's thoughts about your friend rather than on your friend. So our relationships with other people are only our thoughts about them. That's what makes up our relationship is our thoughts about the other person. We tend to be really confused about the world works, especially when it comes to relationships. We're under the impression that we have to control the world to feel good. We have so many rules for our relationships that we've stopped experiencing them and are locked into our expectations of how those relationships should be. But knowing that your thoughts are what make up your relationship is the secret to all relationships. I'm going to say it again because I know that either that made your head explode or you're resisting it, but your relationship with anyone depends on your thoughts about them. Your thoughts about them will then depend on your expectations of them and how well they meet those expectations. We tend to think that it's the other person's job to make us feel a certain way, right? If they can control our emotions, then they should spend their efforts for good rather than evil. So if we're expecting them to control our emotions, we expect them to fulfill our needs. And this is a pretty skewed way that we look at relationships. Like, let's imagine in a marriage or a close partnership. If I go into my marriage thinking it's my husband's job to make me feel a certain way or to help me feel a certain way, like it's his job to make me feel happy or fulfilled or heard or valued, then I'm setting myself up for failure and I'm setting him up for failure because he can't control if I feel any of those things. Only my thoughts can. He can do things and then I can think thoughts like, oh, I feel really valued because he did that thing. But at the end of the day, it's up to me to think that thought. It's not up to him <laughs> to do the heavy lifting of thinking for me, right? This is where we get ourselves into trouble. One of the examples that came up during the workshops this weekend was one of the participants said, how do I stop getting so angry at my husband? And she had described how he'll do something small and she'll just fly off the handle and she'll know that she's doing it, right? Because we have this meta awareness of what's going on with us and what we're doing. And she was like, how do I control that? How do I not freak out so much when he does something? And I asked her for an example and she said, well, Something that drives me crazy is he forgets to turn off the coffee pot. So she comes home at the end of the day after a long day and the coffee pot's still on. Meanwhile, I think the circumstance was he works from home. He's the only one in the house who drinks coffee, so therefore it should be his responsibility to turn off the coffee pot. So she comes home after a long day and the coffee pot's on. And I get it. It's pretty gross that the coffee pot's been left on all day. So she'll get really upset. She'll get angry. 
and it'll take her a long time to get on the other side of it. She'll be angry for a long time. And she asked me, how do I control that? What I asked her was, what is she making him forgetting to turn off the coffee pot mean? Because it's not his action, or in this case, inaction, of forgetting to turn off the coffee pot that's causing her to feel anger. It's her thought about it. It's what she's making it mean. So that's where her power is. She gets to control the narrative of what she's making it mean. And in this case, she was making it mean, he doesn't respect me. I've asked him to turn off the coffee pot 8 million times. He still refuses to do it. Therefore, he doesn't respect me. Now, how familiar is that to you, right? Like this seems to be what we do in our relationships. I have another client. When we first started coaching together, it would drive her nuts that her fiance wouldn't put his shoes and his coat away when he got home. And she was like, we have a specific spot for it. But he just takes them off when he gets in. He hangs his coat from the dining room chair. And what she made it mean was that he didn't respect her. We tend to do this a lot in relationships as we make it mean that our partner doesn't respect us or our partner doesn't value us or our partner doesn't hear us. But really, it wasn't the action of him not putting his things away where they're supposed to go that was causing her to feel disrespected. It was her thought, he's disrespecting me, that was causing her to feel disrespected and feel angry. So I can't repeat this enough, is it's not what the other person does or doesn't do that's causing you to feel emotions. It's your thought about it. It's what you're making it mean. And usually what you're making it mean is that they're failing to meet some sort of expectation that you have for them. So another tool that I want to teach you is called the manual. The manual is super helpful in understanding why we get so riled up about what another person does or doesn't do. So we all have these subconscious rule books for how people should behave in our world. We have a different manual for every person who's in our lives. So we have manuals for everybody from our children, our parents, our partners, to the person who walks in front of us at the grocery store. We have manuals for everybody. And in the manual, there are these very specific, very concrete rules about what the person should or shouldn't do. Our manuals for the people we're closest with tend to be the thickest because we have a lot of expectations for them. Our manuals include things like, you should put your shoes and coat away when you come in the door. You should turn off the coffee pot. You should not tell me what to do. You should not criticize the way that I load the dishwasher. That's in my manual for my husband. I have one too. The challenge is these manuals are entirely subconscious. And we don't really realize what we have in our manual until somebody goes against what we have in our manual. And so we often don't know why we're getting so mad until we can step back and realize, oh, that's a line in my manual that you should or shouldn't do this one thing. The challenge is everybody else in our lives has a manual for us too. So our partners also have a manual for us about what we should and shouldn't do. And they get angry or upset or whatever emotion they're feeling simply because we violated their manual. 
So it's really important to recognize that you're getting angry with your partner, not because what he or she is or isn't doing, but because of what you're making it mean and what line in the manual you think they violated. This is where all of your power is because we'll never be able to control another person, or at least until I figure it out and make a bajillion dollars. The very least we can do, or the only thing we can do, is control what we're making their behavior mean. Going back to our relationship is built entirely upon our thoughts about another person. I want you to think about this. You can't actually have love for another person. You just have loving thoughts when you think about that person. Your thoughts, when you think about them, create the emotion of love in your body. You can't be mad at someone. You only have thoughts that make you mad, that cause you to feel the emotion of anger. Here's a really powerful one. Someone can't hurt your feelings. Someone does something, that's the circumstance. You think a thought about it that causes you to have hurt feelings. You simply have thoughts that hurt. Once you truly understand this, your relationships will never be the same. They'll be so much better in every way. Personal example, the example of loading the dishwasher wrong is one that my husband and I bump up against all the time. <laughs> he knows that I don't take too well to being told specific ways to do things. And so over time, he's learned to say, can I make a suggestion? But when he says, can I make a suggestion? What I make that mean is he thinks I'm not doing it right, which triggers a really sensitive spot in me because the perfectionist in me is afraid of doing things wrong, right? I have to do everything right. And so the story I tell myself is he thinks I'm not good enough when he wants to correct how I do something. So this happens with the dishwasher again and again, where I'll load the dishwasher and then he'll come and he'll reload it. That's the circumstance. I load the dishwasher. My husband comes and reloads in. I get upset. In fact, I feel ashamed. That's the first emotion that I feel. Not because he's reloading the dishwasher. It's because I have the thought, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough to load the dishwasher right. So of course that feels ouchy and I don't like it. And that makes me feel angry. So it's this whole story that I have about not doing things right, and not being good enough that causes me to first feel shame, and because we don't really like feeling shame, often anger comes to protect us from feeling shame. So then I get angry. So then I want to throw something and I want to say, fine, I'm not going to do anything around the house ever again because you don't like how I do things. So why do I even bother? I'm going to take my toys and go home, right? Who is that a familiar situation for? But then I know that it's really not about his actions. It's about this story that I'm telling myself about it. And that helps because that gives me some space between the thing that happens, my thought, and the reaction. And that is really important, having that space, that second to reflect of, do I really want to get upset about this? Here's what I want you to know is adults get to do whatever the heck they want. Trying to control them is futile. They don't like it. It's hard for you. You're an adult, so you know what that means. 
you get to be and do whatever you want. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do. This does not make you selfish. This makes you a human being with free will. You aren't responsible for how someone feels if you don't want to do something. Now, you might want to do it because they want you to, but this is different from feeling like you have to do something because they'll be mad or punish you if you don't. If you've been socialized as a woman, this can be really tricky because we're taught that we're in charge of everybody else's emotions. We're responsible for everybody else's emotions. And so if you don't really want to go to the party, but you feel like you should because your friend will be upset if you don't go. So even though you're exhausted, you still suck it up and you go to the party because you don't want your friend to be sad or mad or whatever emotions you feel like you're causing. But remember, you're not causing your friend to feel those emotions by going to the party or not going to the party. It's the story your friend is telling themselves. And because they're an adult, you get to treat them like an adult. You get to treat them like they're an emotional adult. And they can be in charge of their own emotions. This takes so much of the pressure off of you, right? Because it's exhausting trying to make other people feel a certain way. We're raised to think that our actions cause other people's emotions. But they're simply not. It's other people's thoughts about our actions that cause their emotions. So you get to decide if you actually want to go to the party or not. And your friend gets to decide what they make that mean. I want to let that sit for a minute because I know that this is a totally different way of thinking. Adults can do all sorts of things. They can lie, cheat, steal, come home late, forget to do things, smell bad, leave their stuff all over the house. You can complain, yell, be passive-aggressive, give them a cold shoulder, or freak out all you want. But when you start to let go of the idea of control, you start to realize how much energy you're wasting trying to get others to behave in a way that makes you happy. Your job is to work on your own thoughts and feel happy. You don't have to change anything or anyone. There's nothing better than being with someone who just loves you for who you are and isn't always trying to make you a better version of yourself or make you responsible for their feelings. It's also interesting how much more fun it is to pick your clothes up off the floor because you want to, not because someone is trying to guilt you into it. You have to let go and let adults be adults. What if your partner's only job is to be there for you to love. What if your emotional health, your well-being, your feeling seen, feeling heard, feeling valued is 100% up to you? It's not your partner's job. Your partner's only job is to be there for you to love. This is where some of you are going to get really mad <laughs> and some of you are going to feel an instant release. And others of you are going to let it simmer and see where it goes. This is because you all get to have your own thoughts about that statement, right? So to recap, the things I want you to take away from this are you get to be in emotional adulthood and realize that you are responsible for your own emotions because you're responsible for your own thoughts. Other people can't control your emotions just like you can't control other people's emotions. Your partner, your significant other, 
the people who play the biggest role in your life are only there for you to love. They're not there to make you feel a certain way and especially to make you feel a certain way about yourself. That's your job. And you'll notice the more you play around with this, the more energy you'll have and the lighter things feel because you're no longer making yourself responsible for how others feel and you're not making others responsible for how you feel. All right. Hope you enjoyed this one. Leave me a message if you have questions or if something came up for you, if this was helpful. Hope you're doing well. If you found this podcast helpful, head on over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Go ahead and send it to a friend while you're at it. Thank you. My mission in life is to liberate women from the limiting beliefs that are holding them back from living their fullest, most joyful lives. If you'd like to learn more about my work, check out my website at www.amandaryanfear.com, where you can find links to join my free private Facebook group and to learn more about working with me.